Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss difficult-to-decipher concepts surrounding the 2020 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many benefits available to our free members-only portal on our website, ecmweb.com, located under Premium Content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, including what's wrong here, moving violations videos, and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss the confusion surrounding which piping systems need to be bonded to common grounding electrode conductors. So first off, can can you explain the basics in this type of installation and then how code compliance can get a little bit tricky? It's quite uh, common for me to see multiple separately derived systems, such as uh, several transformers in an electrical room, connected to the common grounding electroconductor using taps as specified in section 250.30A6, rather than seeing an individual grounding electroconductor run for each transformer. This is very common uh, because it can be quicker, easier, and less expensive than installing an individual grounding electroconductor for each transformer. So why do you think some clarification is needed then on exactly which piping systems should be bonded to common GECs. The present wording in section 250.104 D3 requires all interior metal piping in the area served by the separately drive system to be bonded to the common grounding electrode conductor, regardless of what type of metal piping it is and regardless of whether that metal piping is considered likely to become energized or not. And yet several other sections in the code, the code excuse me, including section 250.104A1, 2, and 3, and also section 250.104D1, require only the water piping to be bonded, regardless of whether it's likely to become energized or not. Are there other considerations that you have to factor in? Uh, Yeah. Uh, In buildings supplied by services, feeders, or branch circuits, section 250.104B, requires metal piping other than metal water piping systems to be bonded only if the piping is likely to become energized. Yet, when it comes to separately drive systems, the present wording in 250.104 D3 requires bonding of all metal piping, including water piping and gas piping and compressed air piping, oxygen systems, nitrogen systems, nitrous oxide systems, vacuum lines, medical air piping, exhaust pipes, fuel pipes, and so on and so on. And regardless of whether these piping systems are likely to become energized or not. Wow, that's a lot. Um, How should installers be interpreting these results then given that that current verbiage in the code? I think the text in section 250.104D and the exception for section 250.104D3 may provide some clues that the intent of section 250.104 D3 may be to require only metal water piping to be bonded to the common grounding electrode conductor, since they both use the words metal water piping, while section 250.104 D3 uses the words metal piping. 
So what's the verdict when it comes to interpreting the code in this case, do you think? I think it might just be a simple error of omission that's just been overlooked for quite some time. I really can't imagine any good reason to require bonding of drain pipes, sewer pipes, or any other metal pipes if they're not likely to become energized, emphasis on not likely. If any of those pipes are likely to become energized, then of course they should be bonded. Perhaps the 2023 code will provide some clarification uh, for these bonding requirements. But for now, I suggest having a conversation with your AHJ to try to uh, decipher these rules. That definitely sounds like a good idea. We'll see what um, happens with the 2023 code. Well, it looks like we're about out of time. Thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Senior Associate Editor Ellie Coggins and Associate Editor Michael Morris for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publication. That's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out the members-only portal on our website for more podcasts and other content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.